Hey talkers, welcome to Keep Talking Podcast. Keep Talking is the best platform for you to reach an advanced level of English by practicing every day and also connect with a global community. This podcast is a mix of our Instagram lives and IGTV videos, along with other recorded content. Sometimes we just give tips on how to improve your English, and other times we talk about a wide variety of topics, sometimes with special guests. Most of the episodes are in English, some are a mix of English and Spanish, and in a few we only speak Spanish. I hope you enjoy, and remember to follow us on Instagram at keeptalkingco, or check out our website, keeptalking.co, to join our community and learn more about how we can help you. What's up, talkers? We have a very special guest this, ep- this episode. Yeah, it's Riza Tante, the one and only. That's what you call yourself, right? You bet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this is going to be an exciting episode for a lot of you because I know you are sick of listening to me, so we have another person with us today. So, um, Riza Tante is, well, she's many different things, right? <laughs> Actually, why don't, why don't I let you... We're going to focus on one thing. Yeah, we're going to focus on one thing. We're going to focus on how to get a job in the tech industry. That's what we think we're going to focus on. Yeah, right? we'll, we'll see how this goes, but we're yeah. going to start with that, right, Sean? Yeah, we're going we're gonna to try. Why don't you tell them a little bit about yourself, Riza, before we get into that? Yeah, so I guess my elevator pitch is I am a career and mindset coach, and basically I help people find jobs that they love and work with companies that they believe in. And basically how this started, though, was my own journey and I'm basically going to spit it out if you want me to, Sean. Spit it. Yep. Uh, so basically how this happened was it started with the day in the cubicle. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to make it dramatic. The you cubicle. Know? You can't see really my facial expressions, so I'm going to do it with my, vo- yeah. my voice. So anyways, you know, I did the whole typical. I got told what to do, went to undergrad, and, uh, you know, did all these different degrees, like from psychology degree to nursing degree, back to psychology and business, all that stuff. Anyways, fast forward, you know, I went to nonprofit and then I got into sales and then I went into recruitment. And I think this is where I really had my aha moment. And so I was an information technology recruiter and I was almost working there for, for a day and I vividly remember... Not for a one day. day. No. Yeah, one day. Wait, maybe <laughs> one I day, and I couldn't do it anymore. <laughs> Un solo día. Screw this. <laughs> yep. Um, no, I worked for there for almost a year. That's what it was. Worked there for almost a year, and I was talking to one of my colleagues, and I was just having that moment of like, okay, do I want to do this the rest of my life? And mind you, let's go backwards just a little bit here. Uh, right after I graduated from university, I had this desire to go teach in South Korea. Mm. But of course, uh, coming from a you know a Filipino Asian background, your parents are very much of like, okay, you either have these options: be a doctor, nurse, or a lawyer. You know, one of those very successful, typical uh, careers, right? Mm-hmm. And I was the latter. So I talked to my parents about it, and I remember my stepdad saying, "Well, why would you do that?" Why would mm-hmm. you go teach in South Korea? And that doubted myself. And I was like, yeah, why would I do that? So mm-hmm. that's when I fast forward got into this whole recruitment aspect. So I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm like, what am I doing? I'm sitting in this cubicle and it's so boring. And you're in the grind 40, well, more than 40, like 50, 60 hours a week. 
And at that time, the head, the office was actually right next to the airport. So for me, my background, I... Easy to get a flight. <laughs> I'm out of here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And um, I remember I was sitting there looking. It was an early morning, and I was looking out in the window, and I saw all these flights coming in and out. And I was always curious, like, where are these people going? And because I don't want to be here. I don't want to sit here. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so I had that moment and I was like, this is not what I want to do with the rest of my life. Speaking of flights, there goes a plane overhead. I'm not sure if you can hear in the background. We are recording this episode outside. Um, So, yeah, okay. That's probably a good indication that you're not exactly in your dream job is when you're looking at the planes go by and you're looking at the airport just watching. You know, you're looking for a way to get out of it, right? Yeah, and, you know, I had the Sunday blues and the the morning upsets. Just kind of, it was a sales job, right? It's very Mm -hmm. much about the key performance indicators and sales and... And hitting the numbers and I was just not about that at that time now what was interesting yeah go ahead I was gonna say because now you are a little bit but yeah yeah go, <laughs> go back keep going keep going uh, so anyways so then that that was my journey that was the starting of this whole epic just like this adventure that I went on and you know most of it and I mm-hmm. uh, shout out to my colleague back then Rhonda she was the one that asked me a very profound question and it was during our lunch time actually she's like Riza I have a question for you because I was ranting on how I hated my job and I didn't want to do this and I was so confused she said all right now you need to fast forward and ask yourself in five years are you going to be happy of what you experienced mm-hmm. and no one really asked me that question you know a lot of times people ask you like what what are your commitments what are your goals mm-hmm. but she asked me what do I what what do I want to experience in the next five years yeah Mm-hmm. Okay. So yeah, what is going to make you happy? What are you going to do over the next five years that will make you feel happy five years from now, as opposed to what are you going to achieve? Okay. Mm-hmm. And how did you answer that question at that time in your own head? Well, I did tell her for sure I was not going to be in a cubicle okay. yep. <laughs> for the yep. next five years. The dreaded cubicle. <laughs> so that was that. And again, I want to emphasize the experience. And I think what most people don't realize is that sometimes we have to ask us, ask ourselves, the question, what do we want to experience? It's not necessarily, like, don't get me wrong. I'm about, you know, achievement, commitments. We talked about that the other day. But I think what we need to think as human beings uh, is what do we want to experience? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because experience brings emotions that we're chasing after. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Well, yeah, I think you hit on a really good point when you talked about how your stepdad and just your family expectations, everyone was telling you, you know, wait, well, why do you want to go teach in South Korea? Why do you want to do this? This is what's expected of you in our culture, in our society. You know, you're expected to be either a doctor or a lawyer or a nurse or, you know, whatever, like you said. And but those things, am I understanding it right? Those things just didn't resonate with you emotionally, right? Right. And I think based on my personality, there was just a better fit out there. And I think that we can definitely have a wonderful, fulfilled career and get paid well as long as it's aligned to our values. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yep. Okay. We, we, you know, we could, we could turn this into like a three <laughs> so hour <many> <laughs> psychological discussion because we already talked about not giving in to societal pressures. Now we're talking about what was the last thing that you just said? Your values being values. aligned with your values. Ooh, people watching the listening to this are probably like, all right, you're seven minutes in and I haven't heard anything about getting a job in technology I yet. I know. So that, but hey, this is, that. nah, this is keep talking podcast. We talk about whatever we want. We bait them in. We lure them in with the title and then we're like, nah, we'll get to that in the last five minutes. <laughs> and but, our American accent. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. Anyway, but, um, 
Okay, so yeah, values. Now, okay, and so so then you... Okay, so let's go back to the whole yeah. uh, technology and how I got into that. So, you know, again, uh, long story short, I ended up uh, going to South Korea. I taught there for two years, which was an amazing experience, all while actually helping other people land jobs through interviews or mock interviews. I helped them with their resumes. And one thing I'm really proud of that I, that I did was making an impact wherever I went based on the experience or the, the uh, knowledge that I gained in the U.S. So in Korea, when I was there, I was helping people, like I said, land jobs internationally, which was like the coolest mm -hmm. thing ever. And I realized a, a common trend that most people didn't realize that it, it's really about being able to bring a, a value and communicate effectively what you can bring to the table for a company. Okay, so first important point here, it's about what you can, being able to communicate effectively what you can bring to the table for a company. Now, as you know, Riza, we have a lot of listeners from South America in particular here. And so, I guess, um, so when you were in South Korea, for example, um, you, now did you work with people specifically who were looking to get jobs in IT when you were in South Korea, or were you only... It, it was everything. So, okay. I, I mean, I was teaching, obviously, and then you know, I did the, the freelance work or just mm -hmm. helped people on the side. And yep. one story I do remember was helping an individual get a marketing position in India. The reality is, again, you know, whether it's IT, technology, education, business, it's all the same. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that specifically, it's just about how can you show that you're going to be a strong candidate or a, a good employee for the company? Okay, so yeah, let's talk about this then because, I mean, in I think all of us, in, in the modern world, like, right, we're all, we're millennials, quote unquote. We all, we live in this world where we switch jobs like every year, every six months. Oh and my there's goodness, so many opportunities, even. yeah. Um, and so we've probably all had like 50 job interviews at this point once we reach 30 or however old we are. Um, I'm not over 30, by the way. But um, <laughs> we probably had like 50 interviews, maybe 40 failed ones and 10 successful ones. I don't know. But so what are maybe some maybe not like keywords, but how do you do that? How do you effectively tell Basically, how people get yeah. jobs in the tech or jobs in general. <laughs> All right, so the, the biggest tip that I can give your audience is that it's really about reading the job description. Mm. And what people don't realize is that the job description, not all the time, literally lays out what they're looking for. So if you pull up a typical jo uh, job um, application and it shows you exactly, uh, you know, we're looking for entry level or senior software de developer and they have these qualities. And so they'll lay out like the bare minimum and then the requirements and the must haves. And then of course they have like desired or amazing if you have, if you have. And you mm. want to focus on those bullet points because they're just, they're literally telling you the, t the type of person that they want. So mm -hmm. whether that's like, uh, you know, analytical, self-starter, maybe it's a creative developer, someone that has CSS, back CSS background, HTML. Um, so th that's number one. So it's, it's about, okay, what is the job description actually saying? And how can I put those buzz keywords into the resume? And also the mm -hmm. cover letter. 
mean, mm-hmm. that's a whole other story. The cover letter. Ooh. The we cover love cover letters. letters, don't we? I know everyone <laughs> listening, listening to this loves writing cover letters, especially if English is not your first language. Cover letters are great. Okay, go on. Cover letters. Yeah, so anyway, so then that's the first thing. That's the first thing I, I tell private clients and uh, individuals that I've worked with before is uh, looking at the job description. Then it's about, okay, where... So let me give you an example. Let's say you have an individual that uh, was a chef for 10 mm-hmm. years. Super random, but we're just going to go with it. Yep. Okay. Well, not random because I did work with somebody with that. Mm-hmm. So they're a chef for 10 years and they're like, okay, how in the heck am I able to transfer or show that I can be a software developer? Mm-hmm. Now, mind you, this individual did not actually have a four-year degree. Okay. And that's something that we can dive into as well. Mm-hmm. And so it's taking out these natural skill sets that you learned from the tenure that you were a, a chef and mm-hmm. then putting that into your resume. Mm-hmm. Now, it's, it seems easier than done, right? So that's why it's a lot easier. It's better when you actually have someone that has that background well, to help you. Hold on. Yeah, because I mean, like with that one, it actually seems like it would be very, it would be difficult to do. If you have someone who's been a chef for 10 years and they're trying to get a job in IT or in coding or something like that, like, you know, I don't know. How do we, how do we turn I was making hamburgers and pizzas into I know how to write code, you know? Like, right. how do we... And what people don't realize, especially in the tech industry, and I hate to say this, but engineers or data scientists, um, well, not all the time. Uh, they had the stereotype of being very introverted and socially mm. awkward. Mm-hmm. And what people need in the IT realm is communication. Can they communicate not just within the department, but can they work with cross-functional teams? Mm-hmm. I've heard this. I've heard this a lot, how the soft skills, as we call them, are like the, the most important thing. because They're there are, so important. Yeah, because there are like millions of people out there who know how to code now, who have done boot camps and stuff like that. But, you know, most of them are kind of like me. They're kind of nerds, you know. I'm kind of a nerd in my own way, right? And <laughs> but you so, can socialize and talk. <laughs> well, sometimes. It depends. It you depends got a podcast. On, it depends on the occasion. Yeah, but, you know. Yeah. Right. Anyway, go yeah. on. Yeah, so, for example, I had, I had a private client come to me once, and, and it, this was very interesting because he had all the skill sets. Like, he was technically, technically savvy, was very smart, just finished a boot camp, yada, yada, yada. And what was interesting, though, is that it wasn't enough for him. He's, he said to himself and to me that he had to get his undergrad and he had to do X, Y, and Z. And I, and I get that. There are certain situations where you're kind of like, okay, maybe you should do that. But there are ways. Like, if you are a good, strong coder, that's awesome because that's going to help you, obviously, not just succeed in the technical interviews, but, like, this guy, this guy that I work he... I'm sorry, but he had a very difficult time communicating his his uh, his work ethic, his ability to code. I mean, it was just he wasn't even confident enough in himself. And let me tell you, like confidence is the biggest thing when you're trying to go into a different career. And and unfortunately, when you don't have the confidence, then no one's going to hire you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and let me jump in here because they talk about imposter syndrome. Some of our international listeners may, of course, never have heard this, but imposter syndrome means like you feel like what? Like, I don't belong here in this industry because I've never done this work before? Yeah, so actually, if your readers, or not readers, if your audience wants to explore more about that, I actually wrote an article, How to Overcome Imposter Syndrome. You can just... Google search literally will pop up, Rizatante, how to, to um, uh, overcome imposter syndrome. But anyways, yeah, so imposter syndrome is really about not being enough, not feeling enough, like you're not smart enough, you don't know enough. 
even when you do know a little bit. And the reality is we're always learning something. We're always, we're, you know, you take a teacher and it's like their first day teaching to their last day, they're always growing. There's never like a destination. I think that's with like life too, not to get right. so deep. Mm-hmm. But. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. So, okay, so it's about communicating then. Yeah, I mean, even if people have this, this imposter syndrome and maybe they lack confidence, but they have to find a way to communicate The bottom line is you have to find a way to communicate that you can do the job as the job description says it. And it seems to me like what what we need to do when we look at a job description is we need to say we need to not focus so much on like presenting ourselves but actually really listen like okay well not listen but read and understand okay what does this company want what exactly is this company looking for in this position right because I think that's a mistake that we make a lot of times as human beings is when we're talking to someone right we we focus on what we're going to say instead of listening to what they're going to say mm-hmm. right and mm-hmm. it almost kind of works the same way here maybe this is like a stupid analogy but that's the way i'm like seeing things right now yeah yeah exactly and of course too, right the technical challenge and the actual interview of in, in regards to coding that's a totally different story but mm-hmm. we're talking about just getting yourself into the door first so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah okay very cool all right so then what okay well as far as like getting into the door right um well how, how does actually how does it work because i've never done um i have a little bit of a background in coding like i know some html css oh do you yeah, i do you yeah i do i well i was learning it on my own about three years ago you know okay. because i'm like yeah this is a big deal i need to learn this stuff mm-hmm. um and it's funny because i didn't learn how to do any like wordpress or template you know related website building i learned how to build them from scratch which is like the dumbest thing ever now you know because uh-huh. There's no need for that, really. I mean, like, you can make a website in, like, 45 seconds with a template, right? Right. So I was learning how to, like, write out full code from scratch, HTML, CSS, 10,000 lines of code to make, you know, a a home screen on a website. And you can do that in, like, two minutes with WordPress now or with many of the other... um, what do they call them? The CMSs, the content management systems. Anyway, right. So, but I've never done, you know, an interview for any sort of tech-related position, really. Um, and actually, this is totally irrelevant to our conversation, but I actually have a um, Google IT support professional certificate from Coursera. Do you Maybe really? I do. Yeah, I'm like I'm like the Renaissance man. You know, I'm going to be <laughs> on those commercials where they talk about he's the most interesting man in the world, and when I drink, I drink those Equis. But um, so. I guess my question is, since I've never done an interview process for, let's let's say, a coding job, right? Like someone's going to be like a real coder, not even like data science or not even IT, but somebody's going to be a programmer, a coder, a developer, whatever. How does the interview process work? Is the first interview about, you know, like Mm, soft skills, communications? Yeah, here here come the... The trucks. Yep, yeah. Anyway. Uh, yeah, so, sorry. Say that again. So, basically, you're asking me what the interview process is for a developer. Yeah. Basically. Yep. Well, typically, typically how it happens is that in the, in the corporate side or the company, what they're going to do is they're going to have recruiters. And so, recruiters are out there lurking, searching on LinkedIn. They're, <laughs> they're lurking. <laughs> they're creepily looking. Um, no, but but kind of. I mean, that's. I mean, I did that. Yeah. Like, we were lurking and creeping. Lurking in the dark. Recruiters in the shadows. Let me do it. I need to do a mic adjustment. Hold on. Yeah, go for to, it. Go for I've it. been like uncomfortable and I can see. We, we also have this on video, so I'm actually going to try my best to put this on YouTube yeah. as well. So if you like to have visual, you can check it go. out. All I'm right. just making thunderstorms now with this microphone. What the hell? Did it work? All right. Yeah. I, I think it worked. So 
as I think most of the listeners who follow Keep Talking Podcast know that I got this new uh, podcast recording equipment about a week ago, right? So I've made probably like mm, a handful of episodes. Well, actually, this one is going to air before those episodes. Though. Are they? So it won't matter. This is going to be like the first real one with this new equipment, right? Yeah. YouTube. Hey. Um, anyway, but um, what the heck were we okay, talking about? Okay, we're talking about lurking. Yeah. Lurking. Recruiters <laughs> lurking in the shadows. Are there any recruiters lurking on the other the side shadows. of the fence over there? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's so funny. Okay. So, obviously, I should have used a better word. But you know what I mean. I was trying to use it more of a millennial millennial term. Mm-hmm. So, so step one is a, a recruiter reaches out to you. and they or, or you send an application, and they'll reach out to you and say, hey, we'd love to have a conversation with you. And the reality is it's basically, one, are you a real person? Two, do you fit the basic qualifications of this job? And that's usually about like a 20-minute conversation. Mm-hmm. 15, okay. 20 minute conversation with the recruiter. And the sad thing is, Sean, is that these recruiters sometimes, especially for programmers, they don't know anything about coding. And so mm. when they're looking and asking and scanning through someone's resume and they're not hitting each checklist, I know this because I was a recruiter and career coaching. You were a lurker. Go I was on. a lurker. <laughs> I was a lurker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Put your profile on private. <laughs> Ooh, do we get a deliver? Dude, there's literally a package that's about to be delivered in the middle of the podcast. This is great. Oh, your phone's on low battery. This whole operation oh, is effed wow. up. No, but this is awesome, Char- though. Charge the phone, seriously. Okay, yeah, we're going to close this. Oh, the, we got the a package delivery. is coming. <laughs> you can just drop it right there. I'll take it. Thank you very much. <laughs> okay. That's the coolest thing ever. We just got a package in the middle of the podcast. Yes. Got the, the, the shoes. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyways, so let's proceed. Yeah. So it's about 20, 25 minute conversation or 30. Side note, those are shoes. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> if you want to know what's going on at YouTube, you're going to see because you actually saw the delivery. What just happened right now is that someone just <laughs> delivered shoes to the live episode. I think he was wondering like what was going on. Yeah. Hey, I mean, that's not something that the UPS driver sees every day. I almost asked him if he wanted to be in the podcast. We I know. Don't have I a third mic too. and headphones. I was like, why not? He's like, hey, I would, you know, want to yeah. hop in and say, hey, this, do you got a job for me? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> How to get a job with UPS. So, okay. So 20, 25 minute conversation. And they're, like I said, they're just making sure that you're a human being and that you are hitting the minimum requirements of the job. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then from there, if you pass that and you're like, oh, yeah, this is a person that's normal and real. Uh, then the second round is basically you get a conversation with the team lead okay. or anyone in the team. Mm-hmm. So whether that's another developer and they're going to be asking you probably more technical questions. Okay. Yep. 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 And that's going to, and so that, that one's interesting because every company is different. So they might do like whiteboard challenge. They might do, uh, you know, come inside the the office and they just drill you with all these questions, depending on what programming languages they want you to know, Mm -hmm. things like that. And then usually the last interview is like meeting the team and they're just vetting out if you, it's a work culture fit. I mean, at the end of the day, we want to know, can we work with you 40 plus hours a week and can we deal with your craziness can we deal with your baggage and your crap yeah okay. <laughs> that's for a therapy session that's different <laughs> well life is a therapy session Lisa. you know this Come yeah that, that's very true this could be a very therapy session in itself, yeah so. this podcast is a therapy session to be honest yeah. um that's why we did it outside okay yeah so you have the non-technical interview first or well with with the uh it's like a pre-screen yeah call like, it the pre-screen the pre-screen it's kind of like pre-dating arc. you know it's kind of yeah. like the swiping left and right you're kind of uh, like okay. hey like is this that, person yeah. real like yeah 
do I want to you know slide in their DMs things like that not exactly trying to, not trying to relate <laughs> interviews with dating but kind of mm. is well I mean there's a lot of similarities between the two things what they need to do is create like a tinder for 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 coders for right? professionals yeah, yeah I'm sure there's something out there yeah. you get yep. a bunch of nerdy looking dudes on there like all the girls that do it actually they swipe left but then the recruiters the lurkers would be like yeah swipe right get that dude <laughs> yeah. anyway he looks like he's been in a basement for 12 years and hasn't come outside anyway uh, braided beard yeah and okay going back to the whole interview process what people well I guess not people I guess engineers or anyone in the interviewing process what they forget to do is ask questions at the end of the interview mm. you would not believe how many times people miss this and mm. not only that but good questions okay you know when they say oh there's nothing there's nothing uh, bad or wrong with asking a bad or stupid question yeah. well this situation yes Mm -hmm. Do not ask a stupid question. Okay. What would a good example of a stupid question be? Well, okay. So I had someone say something. So when I was doing a mock interview, they they said something in the lines of, uh, "Oh, what what are the what are the salary? What what's the salary for this? Because I live in New York and I need to have a higher salary to pay for my bills in the house." Right. And they're like, yeah. "We don't give a f, dude. We could find somebody who lives in like Somalia and give them, you know." One third your salary, and they'll do the same job. Something like that. <laughs> Maybe not Somalia, but uh, okay. Philippines for sure. Hey, don't hate on Somalia. I'm, I'm Come not, on I'm now. Not I'm not hey, hating. we're about equality just, here. Something like that. Is it equity? I can't remember. Okay. Both. Both. Yeah. And so, uh, anyways, you know, ask really good questions. Questions. So this is how I usually train or teach other people about this: is that you usually want to ask a question around the actual role, like you know, what does the day to day look like? Maybe it's what are you going to, or how will you know that you're performing well? The, the first 90 days maybe it's about uh you know whether expectations um things like that and so it's usually about like what the role is and then the second questions is about the team effort or the department and then the third question is more maybe like the bird's eye view of the actual company okay but i i honestly strongly suggest to ask more questions because one mm -hmm. You know, so many people ask me, "How do I be a standout candidate? How do I, mm. how do I actually land a job?" And mm -hmm. and the, and then when I tell them, they're like, mm, "Yeah, you know, I'm not sure if I want to do that." Well, then you don't want to be a standout candidate. And you don't want the job. What are okay? So the, first off, this is very important because this applies to any job. Ask good questions during the interview. Ask the very interview, good questions. The interview is more about the questions you ask than the questions are that are asked to you and the answers you give. But so okay, what are the things that they don't want to do when they they you know you say do this to be a standout candidate and they say oh, I just don't want to do that what are those things so I've had people come to me and they're like I've done all the things I full blasted all uh, the recruiters and job boards and I've gotten nothing back well I look at their resume and I said well first of all your resume is not ideal I can say worse things, but I'm going to be kind here. And you're not, again, targeting the deal job that you want, which is, it, you know, it really just baffles me, Sean, sometimes with people's resumes. I'm like, how does this correlate with the mm. job that you want? I don't, I don't see the connection here. Yeah, an important point. We, you know, we've been told this. You have to tailor your resume to the specific job. Exactly. You know, don't have just a generic resume that you send to UPS and then to the coding company. Right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And it, you know, if you haven't touched your resume in like a year or two years, it's time to adjust it and change it up. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's it's the resume. And so, anyways, I had this person come to me and said, "Okay, you know, check out my resume," and said, "Okay, well, this is what you need to change. If you want to be a developer, this is what you have to change." And 
I wasn't very baffled by this too. Uh, he came back in our session and he said, well, I was talking to another individual and they do a lot of resumes and they said that I shouldn't change it. Hmm. And in my head, I'm thinking, well, first of all, why did you hire me? Second of all, <laughs> second of all. Here comes if- the anger, la rabia. Okay, go. <laughs> Keep going. Can you tell? Yep. No. Uh, and then second of all, why, like, if you're not getting any interviews, then then what, 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 what's your resume looking like then? You know what I mean? Like you're mm. not getting in interviews. So obviously something has to change, yeah, right? It's like not working, bro. If we want a different result, we have to change something. And that's right. the resume was what we needed to change and his attitude. Mm-hmm. Anyways, that's, that's <laughs> a totally different thing. But uh, so th- that's one thing. I mean, people are just not willing to do the easiest things, which is just changing something simple. And you know what it really is though, Sean, what it really comes down to is again the imposter syndrome, having confidence, having the expertise, or not, sorry, not the expertise, but feeling confident enough that they can do the job. Hmm. So what happens is that they self-sabotage and they say, oh, but my resume is fine. Oh, my cover letter is fine, I think. Uh, I don't want to reach out to this person because no one responds back. Well, another thing too, networking is very important, side note. Uh, People are afraid of rejection. And mm. I, I have people come to me and ask me, hey, how do we respond to this message after I initiate the conversation? And what people don't realize too is that when you're going, when you're job searching, you're kind of like a salesperson. And people think it's kind of icky, but it's not. You're basically just turning strangers into friends so that they can be the person that refuse, refers you to the position. Mm. That, that's yep. how I teach people to yep. do it. Okay, so say that last part again. So you you get them to refer the yeah. So you're selling yourself to them. That way they refer you to you know friends who end up getting you the position. Right? Yeah. That's so more mm-hmm. more important than just throwing your resume on Indeed or another job search site a thousand times for job posts is network with the right people. Exactly. And look, at I I'm not saying not to go and full blast job boards because I've had I've had people do that and they've had great luck and stuff. Mm-hmm. But what I'm saying sometimes if you want to accelerate your success of interviews, you want to uh, accelerate it by actually talking to people within the company. And how mm-hmm. you do that is you know networking go on LinkedIn finding a person that actually works for the company that is a developer that's in the position that you want to be in and just sharing them a message and just say hey I yeah. this is cool you're mm-hmm. a developer there I'm yep. curious like how was your experience there so the bottom line is reach out to someone who's already doing what you want to do or who works in that field find a way to actually talk to someone who's doing the job exactly yeah. yep exactly well let's talk okay so with imposter syndrome because coding and really a lot of things in tech are very what's the word it's not like the medical field where you to be a doctor you need to have studied for like eight years and get all these super fancy certifications from official people right um with coding nowadays i mean there's such a demand for it and there's so many ways to learn to code right i mean you have sure you have like online computer science program not online well you have online too but you have in university computer science degrees, four-year degrees, you have boot camps, you know, you have Code Academy where you can go on there and for free and dilly-dally around and learn to code. I guess, what about like imposter syndrome for people who have maybe only taken online coding courses but think they know how to do it well? And then also like in your experience, do you think that they learn enough to be qualified 
Mm. It's like a seven part question, but do your thing. Yeah, that's a, that's a great, that's a multiple layered question. It's like a, mm. you know what, what pops in my head right now is a multi layered chocolate cake. Yeah. This is the part <laughs> where the conversation goes a totally different direction. We, you know, we, minutes like zero through seven, we were talking about South Korea and airplanes. Then we did like 22 solid minutes of, you we know, did. how to get a job, right? Yes. And now we're going to talk about chocolate layered cakes. Oh, you know, my ADHD kicks in. So yeah. that's where it goes. Yeah. No, okay. So basically, asking about okay if they if someone takes a course is that good enough or if someone's in a book boot camp is that good enough etc that's basically what you're asking right basically basically yeah. so let's let's conquer their first question so if you're taking courses okay so let's take someone that has an undergrad degree is taking courses within coding but does not have like boot camp or computer science degree now it is possible to land a job but you have to have projects to back that up. And mm. what I would recommend to that person individually is to either get on Upwork or to find some type of free internship, apprenticeship. You can find startup. I mean, there's so many resources, resources online to get yourself into some type of experience that, you okay there? Going I, there? <laughs> I am, yeah. I'm making a lot of thunderous noises here with this microphone. I'm <laughs> laughing too, but finish your thought and then I want to share a story. Okay, and so... So the first step is to gain experience. And, of course, people are like, well, I need to get paid experience. But I'm going to be honest. You have to get something in your resume to show you that you've actually had hands-on client work or mm -hmm. uh, working with a startup or, or, or random projects. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You didn't just go on Code Academy and then, you know, punch in the code until it said next level 100,000 <laughs> times. You're certified. Yeah. You're so, C++ certified. So here's my funny story. So actually, I actually... Yeah, in spite of the fact that, like, I've never had an interview, like I said, for anything coding related or whatever, I actually can say that I am a paid coding professional because you mentioned Upwork. I have been oh. paid for, like, two little small jobs. In Mexico, they would call them chambitas, right? Like, little jobs that aren't even jobs, you know, like, that you make, like, $20 off of, right? Because you know how Upwork is. Upwork, for those of you listening who haven't heard of it, is a freelance job site, right? And on Upwork, you can find all sorts of jobs, but they have tons of coding jobs, right? Someone posts a job saying, hey, I need a JavaScript developer, uh, you know, or, you know, WordPress developer to write this code or to build this little web page for $200, right and so i remember when i was doing the coding in like 2018 i was applying for some jobs because i'm like maybe i could start making some money off of this so i did one job on upwork that went pretty good right it was like i had to make some simple html css changes to this like basic website went pretty good they paid me like 20 dollars, whatever it took like an hour and then the next one i did another one and this client was like you know, they were paying dog crap, right? They were paying like $15 for this job, you know, but I'm like, yeah, I'm trying to gain some experience. Let's do it. And so I remember. <laughs> okay. Side note again. So for those that are not, you, you can't see what John's doing, but you'll watch it on the YouTube video that I'll post. So he does this little dancing thing. And I just think that's a funny thing. Do you notice you do that? When I, when I talk a lot? Yeah. Like when you start talking and then you do this like funny, just move with your body. Like, yeah. Well, you notice you do that. Uh, not really consciously. I mean, I think that the, the people <laughs> that are the, the people that are listening to this from Colombia will know that I'm an incredible dancer. So, oh, there um, we go. Yeah. Anyway, so um, we're just multi-talented people, Riza. You know, apparently, I'm a, I'm a coder and a dancer, and you're, you know, like a, a lurking recruiter and a whole bunch of other stuff. But, <laughs> okay, going anyway. back to your okay, no client. more dancing, no more dancing, gringo pose. I, I'm okay. 
totally okay for you to dance. So anyway, it's 2018 and we're on Upwork trying to make $15 for more coding projects. And I got hired to do this project. I thought it was going to be like the easiest thing. I thought this was going to take like 10 minutes. I'm like, yeah, sure. Give me $15 to do this thing. Cause this person needed a banner built or like a, like a, you know, a banner on a website, yeah. a web page. Yeah. Yeah. You know what a banner is, right? And then it's like, yeah, make some adjustments to this banner based on the current code. I'm like, all right, that'll be easy. That'll take 10 minutes. And then I like looked at it and I'm like, oh my effing God, what is going on with this banner? Right. And long story short, it took me like, like at least eight hours to do this. And I wanted to get it right because this was like the second coding job I had done on Upwork and I'm trying to like build a good reputation for myself. Yeah. Right. And so I'm like making all these, I'm trying to make all these adjustments, but it wasn't working the way that he wanted it. Probably because A, the code was really messed up to begin with and B, because I was a crappy coder and didn't really know that much about what I was doing. But I remember I spent like eight hours on this banner and like I would get back to the guy and be like, what do you think now? He'd be like, oh, that's still not really what we're looking for. And so I think I remember, I remember I was paid $15 for like eight hours of work, you know? <laughs> and so this is why you should all be man. very careful when you work on Upwork and maybe take those hourly pay jobs rather yes. than the fixed rate of $15. <laughs> <laughs> all right. That's so a funny story. I'm done with my I story. did not know that one. Yep. So yeah, the banner may still exist on the internet somewhere. I'll have know, to go lurk on it. Yeah. Later. Go lurk on banners. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. So, Okay. All right. Yeah. So we talked about imposter syndrome for people. So the point is back to what we were talking about for those. So basically you need to have experience. And of course, if you don't want to go on Upwork and get an eight hour, 15 hour, 15, <laughs> to build a banner. yeah, to build a banner, maybe don't go that route. But the reality is you're going to have, I mean, the real, a lot of times companies will come back to you and say, you don't have enough experience, which again, right. I think that's just the dumbest thing in the first place, because how can someone have experience when no one hires them to get experience mm -hmm. so what i say with that is just taking the bullet and well not literally but you know what i mean basically going out there and finding some type of a group or build something on the side with someone yeah. and and to actually get work so then when you're getting pre-screening interviews you can say oh i worked for this uh startup in california perfect example i had someone that is really into blockchain actually mm -hmm. in san francisco it's a big deal these days it i got some friends huge. that are into that yeah yeah blockchain and so she got into like multiple startups built her network i'm so amazed by her and uh there was multiple startups that she got involved in and did like maybe five ten hours of work mm -hmm. uh, but then now it's it's solid content on her resume that hmm. is attract attracting to uh, recruiters hmm oh I want to come back to blockchain, actually, because this is very interesting. Uh, blockchain is apparently going to change the world more than the internet did, according to Pipe Ramirez. If you missed our episode with Pipe Ramirez from a couple months ago, go check that out with Andres Pipe Ramirez, biohacker and futurist. Anyway, um, talked a lot about blockchain. Well, he always talks a lot about blockchain. He talks a lot. but um, <laughs> So do we. Yeah, we keep talking. We talk a lot. Um, so, okay, yeah. I'm going to come back to blockchain in a minute, but uh, let's talk about the technology is like the most important tech skills to have or the different types of coding skills. Do you know much about that? Like what are the most in demands, whether it's languages right now? Yeah. So this one's a tough one to say. And the reason why is because it depends on the market. It depends where you live. Uh, obviously San Francisco's one, Chicago, New York, uh, they have people in Florida and Python's huge. Uh, 
so again it, it really depends where you live so what i would say with that and maybe this is just such a generic thing is really focus on the location and see the common trends and the job descriptions of, of on there but what i see a lot is python i see c sharp i think that's an old language mm-hmm. um what else do i see aws uh, mm. i think that's more in cal or not california colorado mm. uh that's what comes to my mind right now, but uh, yeah, so I don't have too much to say on that because I'm not a technical coach in mm-hmm. that aspect. Yeah, okay. Well, I mean, I know that Python pretty much is like the go-to. If you if you want to like learn to code, yeah. if you want to learn back-end coding, they always say go to Python, right? Yeah. And yeah. Okay. Yep. Cool. Oh, there, go, there goes my uh There goes, my there goes Reese's plan to South go. Korea. She missed this one. <laughs> yeah. See ya. No. Yeah, I don't think Riza's traveled for like the last like four months or something, right? I mean, that's a long time for yeah, me. Yeah. yeah, the last time I went somewhere I think was in California. I went to visit my my family. My we surprised my grandmother, so that was really fun. Okay, and when mm-hmm. was that? About how? Uh, that was I think in June or May. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So it's yep. been a minute. Okay. Yeah, it's been it's been a minute. Yeah. Internationally, it, I haven't <laughs> gone since uh, two thousand. It's been a couple years, but I'm okay. hoping to go somewhere. Yeah, yeah, COVID and the CDC will thank you for that. So right, yeah. right, thank you. Yeah, yeah, good job. <laughs> way, way to stay home. Yep. Um, okay. Yeah. Well, actually, let's talk about blockchain. This is where we totally oh, go a different direction, right? Let's talk about blockchain. I don't know a if I have much bit. to say about blockchain. I'll be no? completely honest, but you can start it, and I can chime in. Well, see, the good thing is nobody knows what to say about blockchain, right? <laughs> I mean, there's like one percent of the population actually knows what they're talking about when it comes to blockchain. You know, mm-hmm. um, probably. I guess do you um well do you see a lot of jobs you know when you do your lurking do you (laughs) see a lot of jobs that say like we want blockchain developers for example or what's what's up with that so in san francisco it's hot yeah Mm -hmm. it's a hot market over there okay yeah like my my hand gestures you can't see them but on the youtube video i'm telling you well, and she's pointing the wrong way. That's the funny thing. She's going the long way to San Francisco. So she's pointing, actually, she's pointing at the airport. She's pointing east right yeah, now. Apparently, that's where yeah. I want to go. Yeah, I keep forgetting that we're on YouTube, you know. Hey, YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> it looks like it's got a good quality on that uh, on that phone. It's an iPhone 12 Pro. Yeah. How did the battery not die? Did you, like, turn it in? Uh, it's just a superstar. Yeah. It, it knew that okay. we were recording, and it's yeah. going to hold on tight as much as it can. Probably developed in San Francisco? Yeah, probably. Okay. But blockchain, yes. I, you know, I think this is going... So, again, I don't know too much about it, but I do know that it is very up and booming, and for anyone that's going to go into IT and development specifically, if they go into that, mm-hmm. they're set, I it's, think. If they go into that, if they in, have blockchain. In that, yeah, into blockchain. Mm-hmm. Into, um, like I said, there's tons of startups going for the blockchain uh, in that industry in general. Because that's a that's that's a very specific type of knowledge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Just, you mean, I guess you might not know the answer to this, but in terms of like the, the coding, you know, writing code for blockchain, yes. programming blockchain is just different. It's not like Python, there, C Sharp. There's different because there's different th- things that they're using. And to be completely honest with you, I only know this through clients that I've had. Mm. And they would share. I mean, I when they said these certain terms, I'm like, okay, that just way over my I know how to get you a job. Like, yeah, this, yeah, yeah. this stuff. So anyways, I, yeah, there's, there's a whole nother 
level to it, I suppose you could say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So learn blockchain. Yeah. Actually, I have, I have a friend. I have a fl- friend who lives in Brazil. He's freaking crazy. He's hilarious. But he's. Um, did, did we ever tell you about uh, my friend Farigi? Farid? No. No. Oh man. You know what? Actually, he'd be a funny guy to have on the podcast, and that's where like stories would get real wild, probably. But yeah, he lives in Brazil. He's originally from Germany, kind of, but he lives in Brazil, and he's he's. I think he's a blockchain developer now. Like he does a really? lot of different things on the internet. Well, he's. I, I know he was learning. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Learning yeah. recruiters. Yeah. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. Well, what wow. do you think? What do you think about that? Like, do you have advice for people? Okay. So here's just another random question that just popped into my head. You talked about how we, you know, you just said, yes. Yeah. We all do a lot of different jobs on the internet, right? Would you advise people, let's say that someone, whether it's coding, IT, or even, you know, well, maybe blockchain or artificial intelligence, would you recommend that they try to get, you know, like a single job, a standard job with a really good company, you know, just a, a full-time 40, 50 hour a week job Monday through Friday, or would you recommend that they do like freelancing? Ooh. Ooh. So this is a personal question and it's based on someone's values. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about values again. Yeah. Let's talk about values. So in regards to that, I, I, I cannot say one way or the other because it depends on the person's uh what they want to achieve in their career mm-hmm. now for freelance the benefit of that is that you start a project you finish it you're done you go on to a new thing there's no there's no huge commitments i mean there is there's intensified commitment within three months but there's no there's no uh those politics mm. if you get what i'm saying into organizations yeah mm-hmm. yeah whereas if you want something stable maybe you have a family you you want good health and benefits i'm not saying that's all you want in a company but Let's be honest. Sometimes people do go into that for yeah. that reason. And so, <laughs> why are you laughing? No, I'm just, well, yeah, I'm just laughing. It's true. That's why people get jobs. Money, benefits, and yeah. Stability. Anyway. Yeah. Right? Yep. yep, exactly. Yeah, so it depends. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. So it's pretty much the same as, whoops, pretty much the same as like, you know, any other industry, right? For As far as freelance versus getting a real job, quote unquote. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think the benefit of working in a company is because you're going to get more hands-on experience. You're going mm-hmm. to be exposed to another developers. You're going to be with developers that have been there for more years. I, especially if you're a new developer, that mm-hmm. helps. Uh, and you get exposed to new new things and new projects. The other benefit, though, with freelancing, as I said, there's not a long-term commitment. You're not involved in the redundancy of the kind of the corporate mm-hmm. environment, if you get what I'm saying. Yeah, 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 definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What are, well, so wait a minute. Like, how does freelance... Um, we'll start with coding, but how does freelance coding usually work? I'm sure Upwork for $15 every eight hours is not like the best way to do it, right? Like if someone wants to be a freelance developer, how would that usually work? Would they work with a freelance via a freelance site or would they just find clients and be like, hey, I'll build you a website if you need it? Yeah, I mean, this could happen with someone that maybe has a small business. Maybe they have a hair salon. Maybe they are a tattoo artist. I don't know, mm. just some random things. Yep. And so they might just, or maybe it's a startup and they're just someone, they just want, actually, okay, here's a tangent. There you go. So apparently, Starbucks does not have, this is really random, but not really because I work with someone that is mm-hmm. working Starbucks at UX UI Design. Anyways, point is, what's interesting is that Starbucks does not have direct developers in like their it. company. They okay. actually outsource. 
I like it. And that's interesting because, and I thought in my head, and you can obviously share your thoughts, I thought maybe they do that so then they don't have to give out benefits because that's a whole mm-hmm. other deal, right? Budgeting and all that. They don't have to give mm-hmm. out benefits to uh, these potential contractors, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. That's right. what I thought. So anyways, all that to say, uh, it could be like Starbucks where it's like, hey, we don't want you to be actually a full-time employee, but we have this amazing project that you can be on for a six-month contract. We'll pay you X amount of dollars or we'll pay you 40 60 an hour. I mean, seeing developers mm-hmm. can get quite a bit for an hour. Right. They get on the p- contract, and sometimes the uh, you know six months is not enough, and so they're there for a year. Maybe they're there for two years, and then they're done. And so the benefit with that is one, you get to work with an amazing company, Starbucks, right? Mm-hmm. You get hands-on experience. You get involved in the department, like I said, maybe in a leadership role. Uh, you're paid hourly instead mm-hmm. of a salaried, so right. you're literally just you know making dough i guess yeah. you could say making dough making that cash yep <laughs> i don't know straight cash homie yeah. as randy moss said nah they'll get it you know look up dough <laughs> same word for like masa when you're when you're cocinando algo right like the dough we call we call money dough in english sometimes they'll, they'll get it they'll figure it yeah. out yeah straight cash Go on. and so so as a contractor that's nice and actually when i was an it recruiter I'll, some some freelancers or con- we call them contractors or basically freelancers mm-hmm where they like that because the hourly rate is so much higher than their salary. Right, right. And then they get benefits from their spouse or their partner or, mm, you know, from yeah. the government, whatever. But Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. The spouse is the one that has to work at some, like, boring place. Right, know, exactly. They, yeah. We leave it up to where the they're, they're, they're the cubicle. The spouse is the cubicle one. Yeah, yeah. definitely won't be that one. Yeah. <laughs> I can... <laughs> I can see. I mean, Starbucks is probably just like, yeah, we don't want to give benefits to all of the coders because if we do that, then they're going to get like automatic refills on their lattes and they're just going to be sitting exactly. inside the Starbucks just coding until the wee hours of the morning. Health and benefits, I, yeah. I'm telling you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they it's would need it. I mean, they would need a lot of like health benefits because if they're going to get like free coffee all day long while they're coding, <laughs> sitting it there at their little, you know, desk with their with their nerd glasses on in the basement just chugging Starbucks after Starbucks after Starbucks they're going to need some health benefits pretty 100%. quick probably that's so. probably not good for your heart yeah yeah anyway but I love Starbucks I mean I, I like okay, coffee are you a Starbucks or a caribou person I'm probably more Starbucks are you yeah, yeah. I could yeah. see that yeah you know well see I mean I didn't start drinking coffee until I until I met my ex-girlfriend and so I started drinking coffee about two and a half years ago and she worked she used to work at Starbucks so she would get like hmm. all the benefits still and everything so you know there you go. yeah I just became a Starbucks boy you know Starbucks and uh boy. but i mean really I'll, I'll drink anything i've got i've got you know like for me i'm not really that picky with coffee you know yeah um so i'll just yeah i'll get caribou I'll, why are we talking about coffee this is cool anyway because we were talking about starbucks yeah. and then we we're talking about contractors and then we we're talking about hey is it better to be a you know full-time engineer at a company or a contractor there's both benefit pros and cons for both yeah and you don't even drink coffee that's what's i don't and what's crazy is that people always ask me, why do I have so much energy? Do I drink coffee? And I say, no, right. I don't. This is just yeah. like who I am. Wait a minute. Yeah. Wait, 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 wait. Not just who you are. Hold on. We can't, we can't <laughs> leave it at that. So how, why do you have so much energy? That is a great question. I think maybe it's genetics. Maybe. No, I, oh, I think you went to the, we, you talked about this last week about, about, uh, energy. Anyways, uh, why I think I have a lot of energy is, I would say I'm very I'm a very happy person compared to the average Joe mm-hmm. or or Sally. Okay, okay. Well, heck, now that we're on the topic, how do you become more happy than the average Joe or Sally? 
Well, you go you go to Korea rather than sitting in the cubicle, <laughs> right? Exactly. Right? Instead of being a lurking recruiter, you just be an amazing teacher that mm-hmm. gets fulfilled by laugh, like allowing kids to laugh at your class or mm-hmm. in your class and be silly and make goofy faces. Mm-hmm. No, I think I think part of the energy that I bring is again, I think it's part of the personality that I have, but I think it's just I see life as a place like a playground. I like it, and I mm-hmm. and I and I think that we forget as adults to play mm-hmm. <laughs> and be silly. Truly, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. when's the last time you did something ridiculously stupid? We just received shoes in the middle of a podcast. <laughs> like that's pretty silly. Yeah, anyway. exactly. No, and I think a lot of it has to do with gratitude. I think mm. we talk about this. Yeah, uh, seeing things a half glass full, taking personal responsibility, mm. right. and this is all personal development stuff. And I think what people don't realize too is that they they get to choose if they want to be happy or not. And I'm not saying that we can't be sad or depressed mm. by no means. Those are sure. real emotions. We can go through those phases. But at the end of the day, I do think that we do get to choose how we feel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But again, we can we can have crappy days. Like not everyone that goes to work is going to have a great Monday morning, you know. Right. Mm-hmm. But I think it's setting the tone in the morning. We talked about that too. But the mm-hmm. happiness and the energy thing, I don't really know. Can you, you know what would be really cool? I just thought of this because like coders, IT people, they're probably, probably, I don't know. It's a changing world. Your battery's going low again. Yeah, I got to change it. Um, This is crazy. How does she do this? She's, I don't know what's going on. Yeah. Um, she's Still got this. Going. Yeah. What an incredible phone. Anyway. Um, so I'm just picturing, you know, like tech IT coder people are probably the, the opposite of people that do like the things you're, you're talking about in the morning where you got to do the things to make yourself happy. Gratitude, meditation, journaling. Like, can you imagine just like a bunch of coder nerds sitting there meditating in the morning, you know, with their legs folded, legs crossed they could. like Buddhas? You never know. They could. They could. But they seem like the total opposite of that type of people. Well, because they're right? very analytical and rational people. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. Mm. Everyone in the world, we, we all, we all, we either have... You know, or analytical or more emotional. You know, mm. they always say like opposite attract, but yeah, uh, that's a bunch of BS. <laughs> Sorry, I don't, I don't want to stereotype engineers to say that they may not meditate or mm-hmm. are not happy or. But you, you think they are more analytical, rational types? Like they're. I do. Yeah. Based on mm-hmm. the type of work that they do, mm-hmm. I'm not saying all of them are mm-hmm. by no means. Mm-hmm. I, I have a, a someone that I know that is in IT, but very good at communicating mm-hmm. i mean as a leader okay. educator yep. all that mm-hmm. and we talked about this earlier this is like the key thing you know it's not it, the coding skills are, are part of it but then because you can learn how to code yeah. uh, you you can know the basics and the foundation of things mm-hmm. but if you're coachable and if you're someone that's willing to learn and open to feedback and a company sees that they can see mm-hmm. this person grow into the company they're going to be like yeah let's hire you mm-hmm. and if you are someone that is good at communicating mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. okay yeah, yeah. And, and you actually do you really think that like being good at communicating is less teachable than being able to code you know is it hard to teach people how to communicate oh that's an interesting question i think people do i think people can be taught how to communicate they may not be the best at it they learn from it it's kind of, it's kind of like what's that what's that thing called in the states where toastmasters Oh yeah, yep, yep. It's like that. People go to that to get better at public speaking mm-hmm. and talking and communicate effectively. They not they may not be the best at it, but they go there to learn and be better. So they're taught. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. 
Interesting. Yeah, I've, my dad used to always tell me, yeah, go to Toastmasters, go to Toastmasters. I did it. <laughs> did you? I yeah. did. I, tell me about that. So, well, yeah, what happened? How was it? Uh, to be honest, it wasn't my favorite. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, see, Dad? Go on. <laughs> yeah, see, see. It wasn't worth it. Um, I, there is great benefits because you get to practice your speeches in front of people that you don't really know. Over time, mm. it kind of made me feel like a sorority, sorority, mm. what's it called? Sorority, or a frat. I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Where it's like a membership kind of aspect. But I did, so I did one in South Korea. And I forgot what topic I did, to be honest. But you know what they said to me? They said, wow, I felt like I was in a TED Talk. And that was very inspiring That's to me. That's pretty dope. Wow. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was really cool. What did you talk about? Well, as I told you, I don't remember. <laughs> you, don't, you don't even remember what you I talked don't. about? Uh, I don't. Honestly, I think I'd have to reach out to those individuals and say, hey, do you remember when we talked that one time? You remember my TED Talk? Do you remember my TED Talk? Yeah. And th- that's an inspiration of mine. I would love to do one, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What would you do a TED Talk on? What would you do a TED Talk on? Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I don't think that you could keep it to 15 minutes. I just no, don't think you could do it. You know, not. They have like a time limit on those. It's not as bad as like CNN where they bring someone on and they give you like a minute and 45 seconds uh-huh. to like explain how you're going to save the world, right? Um, but it's they give you like kind of 15 minutes, right? To well, do a TED talk. I, I, what's funny, Sean, is I actually know a handful of TED Talkers. I do. Really? Huh. I have a good friend in South Korea that did one. I know someone, Amberly Lago. She, she's she's very well known now. She has her own book. But I think TED Talkers are very inspiring. But in regard, what were we? Oh yeah. Okay. I was like, how did we get to TED Talking? We go off on a lot of tangents. Yeah, we I mean, do. This is keep I talking. Do. We go off on more tangents than TED Talks. But I agree. I don't think I did keep it under fifteen minutes. What would I talk about? Mm. You know, when I do one, I'll let you know. All right. <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah. I'll be excited to see it. Very good. You could probably just do like seven of them about random different things. I know, things. right? There's so many things to talk about. Yeah. Oh, God. What the heck was I going to say? What else about there tech? Were, what else was, do you want to know? Oh, man. There or was there was something like things. important. Yeah. Are we running out of time here? We're good. Yeah. We got the camera rolling. All right. Nice. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, I mean, you know, this is like the first time. I usually don't like to do this. Like I'm looking at this list, just the questions I was going to have. As if this was like a formal interview. This is this is like an, I like this way. an, an HR style interview. Interview, right. right tell me Where, about yourself yeah. oh let's go through some questions around that yeah what are, what are the interview questions so, people are going to get what people okay the the generic i'm like smacking my lips here mm-hmm. uh the generic question is tell me about yourself your 30 second elevator pitch mm-hmm. please clean that up everybody mm-hmm. clean that up everyone clean up your elevator pitch mine probably sucks <laughs> i don't have one but yeah and why why this is very important obviously because first impressions do count and when you're going on a tangent that's over two minutes you're going to lose the recruiter you're going to lose the team leader mm-hmm. whoever you're talking to so it's very important to set your 30 second elevator pitch and it's it's about where you're at now how you got there and like bridging the gap together mm-hmm. more or less like okay. it's like where you're at right now mm-hmm. Uh, why you got interested in this role in the first place and like what what like bridged you there like what was hmm. that aha moment kind of like the whole career coaching aspect like my aha moment was yeah. when I was a recruiter and I was sitting in the cubicle going I was super bored it's that's your elevator pitch mm-hmm. uh, and keep it really simple it doesn't have to be like well I started my university or my grad I mean we, we don't need to know all that details now of mm-hmm. course if you're a recent grad then of course you can share those things but if you're a mid-professional or maybe even um, somewhat entry level in development world mm. or IT, 
we only need to know like the last three to five years of what mm-hmm. we're doing. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, this is a really important point for any person interested in any type of job or any interview is like, how can you explain yourself and who you are in a short, concise way without rambling? And it's something that I really struggle with because, I mean, look at me. I put out a freaking podcast episode every day. I do like to talk, right? So, <laughs> so and it's really difficult because especially in, um, in the U.S., for example, you know, we have this culture where in almost every industry it's i don't have enough time i don't I, I, like i don't have time for this the recruiter only has you know maybe 30 minutes if, uh, in a certain interview right but i've had interviews like that before where like it was a 30 minute interview and the recruiter ended up only having like 20 or 25 and i'm like oh man i didn't get to say everything i wanted to say i missed some of the important things i was going to ask about go it just this just made me think about uh, following up and this is a huge gold nugget that all of you that are listening to this should write this down mm-hmm. and that is anything that anything that you forget in the interview you can write that in the email now I'm not saying to write like a whole <laughs> a whole novel okay mm-hmm. I'm just saying the very important questions so if yeah. you get nervous or you forgot a very important thing in your answer you can write that in your follow-up in your thank you follow-up email Mm-hmm. And the reason why I know this is because when I was applying for my dream job, I don't know if I told you. What this. was your dream job? It was a full-time career coach in Los Angeles. Mm, okay. Yeah. Anyways, but that has passed now. We're mm-hmm. good because I'm doing it already and okay. I don't need them. Already anyways, living the dream. Yeah. So I made that mistake. That was the biggest what? What's so funny? Oh, no, no, no. I'm just, I'm just enjoying the environment around here. I feel like I, I forget that we're on YouTube, you know, apparently. Yeah, you're everything. So I just, like, like, I keep looking straight at you, and I'm like, maybe I should do something for the camera or look over here at what's going on. Over. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Maybe you should do one of your dances, yeah. you know, intermission. I, I'm, I'm out of my comfort zone here with all of these things happening. So go <laughs> on. Yeah. Uh, and so what my mistake was, or what made me not stand out, or sorry, it was me, it was me and another candidate and how they decided to choose the other person was that and can following them up on LinkedIn. Isn't that crazy? Hmm. And that was the only feedback that I got them when with uh, other companies. And this is another thing that I really don't like about companies or how we do things is hmm. that when someone doesn't get a job, they're not given feedback. Yes. Yeah. Isn't that weird? Yeah. Give you no feedback. Like, unfortunately, we've decided to go with it's like other ghosting candidates. Yeah. In dating. Literally. It's like, oh, sorry, that date went horrible. I'm not gonna talk to you again. Yeah. Like, you're not gonna tell yeah. me why, so I can work on it. Like, yeah. is it my haircut? Is it my breath? Like, what is it? <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, is it my sticky breath? Like, should I wear? You know, should I pop yeah. in a mint? I want to make like a lot of you know stupid comments about, <laughs> but I'm not gonna do that. Anyway. Uh, okay. Offline. Offline. Yeah, yeah. And so, and so. If you do forget, if you do forget to say something, and it's very important, say in the email, okay, in the follow up. So there you go, people. There you go, people. Send your follow up emails. Um, All right, and then um, there actually were, as I was looking over my HR generated questions here that I created for you. There's one or two that I hadn't asked yet, and um, one of them is basically, do you have any specific advice for international? Well, let's say, okay, mm. let's say people who want to come to the well, U.S. Faisal was on this, port. wasn't he? That's true, yeah. Everybody just go back and listen to the episode with yeah, Dr. Faisal Al-Mutairi. Yeah, okay, yeah. So Riza's useless when it comes to international <laughs> students. Well, I will say, I will say, I, I've, I've worked with individuals that were DACA. Mm-hmm, mm. yeah. And that mm. was a very powerful moment because... 
Go ahead. Oh, and DACA, for people who have not are not familiar with it, means Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals. It's an immigration policy in the United States. Anyway, go on. Yes, and what happened here was this person was very concerned because of that. Mm-hmm. They're like, no one's going to hire me. I'm not mm-hmm. sure about this. And I, this goes back to whole confidence thing, but also to the legal things. I get it. Uh, and what was interesting there is that that really held that person up. And, and so we have to, you know, I don't know, I, I can just go on a whole nother tangent about this, but mm. I, I think for international individuals, um, that will definitely be a Faisal episode. But I think for this, it's important to figure out which companies allow like visa sponsorships. Mm. Mm-hmm. And those are usually going, usually going to be bigger companies. Mm-hmm. You know, you had the H1 visas. I worked with those before. Uh, those those get messy. Those those are just difficult. And I would just advise, look and search bigger companies, mm-hmm. smaller ones, medium size. Mm. Bigger those, companies in general are better for exactly because okay. they have more leeway in that. Mm-hmm. Okay, interesting. Yeah. So mm-hmm. good, good to know. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about money. Let's talk about cash, Ooh, money, salaries. It's not yeah. about the money, money, money. No, it's all about the money. Let's be honest. If you, anybody who listened to this podcast and had a general interest in the topic, how to get a job in the tech industry, and they don't care about the money, yeah, right. From the volunteer <laughs> yeah, coders. All right. Yeah. All right. Let, let's talk about cash, huh? Let's talk about cash. Okay. So it, yeah, it's five thirty-seven p.m. So does that mean how, when, when do we have to be done with this? How long do we get to talk mm. about money for? Like 15 minutes? 15 minutes. Let's talk We're about money solid. for 15 minutes. I'm just worried yeah. that this thing's going to turn off, though. Should no, I go I and get my charger? What do you think? I think so, yeah. I'll, I'll entertain them with dancing. You, yeah, for, you entertain them yeah. really quick. I'll, yeah. BRB. Yeah, Reese is going to be right back. And so, uh, yeah, we got about 15 more minutes of this episode. This is this has been a fun episode. I mean, this is the first time that I've recorded a podcast episode with a guest outside. Beautiful evening here, by the way. Um, just to recap a little bit. So what Reese has been saying, the things that you should remember if you've been listening to this to try to get a job in the tech industry. Number one, tailor your resume to the job description. Don't just have a generic resume, but actually read the job description. Figure out what is this company looking for? How exactly can I show to them via my resume and my cover letter, which is very important, and the interview that I'm going to do, that I am the right person for this position, right? During the interview, very important to ask good questions. It's more important that you ask good questions in the interview. Don't even worry so much about your answers. Well, I shouldn't say that. Your answers to the questions they ask will be important, but you need to ask a lot of good questions during the interview. Then, as Riza was saying, do follow up after the interview, right? If you forget, if you didn't get to ask a question you wanted to ask, or you didn't get to say something you wanted to say, follow up, etc., etc. Riza, I think you just paused the video. I think I think she just uh, she just cut us off on YouTube forever. Yeah, but um, anyway, so if. Uh, if YouTube doesn't get to see this, then it'll be a, a real shame, unfortunately. But um, I know everybody from um, the TED Talk world and all the people in San Francisco who do blockchain coding are going to be waiting to listen to this. Um, and she's we're back. back. She's back. Dun, dun, dun. Have you ever rapped in this or like done like really beep up? I mean, a little bit. You know, I'm actually, sure actually, on Fridays we're doing a uh, explain those lyrics episode every Friday where Ooh. I explain the lyrics to a song. Yeah, it's been kind of fun, right? And so, like, occasionally I'll like start like singing or rapping the lyrics a little bit, right? Uh-huh. Which is probably a quick way to get the listeners to turn off the podcast immediately. What but, was the last one? 
Let's see. The last one I did was Danny California. Oh, okay. Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yeah. Nice. And I learned some stuff when I was doing that I because bet you I'm did. like, what the hell are they actually talking about in this in this song? And you research. Name, like Danny you. California. Day was gonna come when I was gonna moan you. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> Never made it up to Minnesota. All right, all right. This is going on YouTube. Wait, do they say it. Minnesota? No, they do. Yeah. Wow. Never made board. it up to Minnesota. North Dakota man wasn't gunning for the border. No, wasn't gunning for the quota. Uh, it's about this girl who gets shot by a cop, apparently, and her name was Danny. And no way. No, real deal. Check it out. It's on Wikipedia. Wikipedia don't lie. It's on there. Yeah. Wow. I had Learn no it. idea. Yeah. yeah. Check out the episode. The episode didn't come out yet because I'm batch recording, so it comes Look out you know, in a couple weeks. Yeah. So but, but this episode will come out, like, tomorrow. We're going to get this to drop. I love it. I love right? it. Yeah. P.S. If you want to follow me, don't follow Follow my best career choice for a career tip. So mm. that's on Instagram. Mm-hmm. If yeah. you need any help, drop a message mm-hmm. me. Yeah, and actually, let's come back to that at the end since I've all got to make sure I tell these people how to, to find you and contact how you. How to lurk How me. to lurk on you. That way you can <laughs> lurk on them. Um, what was the question then before I left? Cash money. Money, oh, cash. Oh, yeah. It's no, all about the money, 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 yeah. money. Mm-hmm. Got to get that money, man. That's the one that you should do. Maybe it's not really about the money. What? The song. And interpret the song. Oh. I don't know who that's by, though. We could do there's like 10 different songs yeah. about money. I could do more money, more problems. That was a good one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what questions do you have about money? Um, what should the salary expectations be for like an entry-level web developer in the U.S.? Ooh, ooh, ooh. Or does it depend on whether they're in San Francisco or it like depends. Podunk, North Dakota? Like every- <laughs> Everything depends. It always depends on your location. Typically, what I see on average is going to be between the sixty and seventy-five thousand range. Now, that's a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can definitely go for the seventy thousand. Typically, you'll see that more in the larger companies like J.P. Morgan, mm. Mm, companies like that size. Mm-hmm. Uh, smaller size and medium-sized companies are going to be between more of the sixty and seventy range. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've had people that have gone a little bit lower, but that's because that was their their experience and also uh, a smaller company. Mm-hmm. Okay, and if it's paid per hour, if you're a contractor, how much should they expect per hour as entry level? So this one's interesting because I had someone that got fifty an hour or sixty. Mm-hmm. Sorry, yep. sixty an oh. hour. Which, it, which which language was, was okay? It wasn't full time, but then like which what type type of coding was this or which? Oh, uh, I don't remember this one. To be completely honest, I think it was like backend stuff. So okay. it was backend Ruby on Rails. Was Ruby that backend? Ruby on Rails with blockchain mixed in or something like that. <laughs> yeah, I don't something know. like yeah. that. No, Ruby on remember. Rails could be yeah. That's like a rare one that nobody cares about. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, I don't know. Right? No. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't remember on that one. So okay. that's the range. But this is what's also very interesting. And here's a helpful tip for the, the salary thing. So uh, people always ask me, when do I ask about the salary? And you can ask, well, actually, you know what? Usually you want them to bring it up first. So then that way you can delay your answer. But you don't have to give them a number. Hmm. That, that's Sorry. what most people do. That's like their mistake. And the reason why it's their mistake, because if you give out a number and it's either below or yeah if it's too if it's below then you're kind of shooting yourself in the foot because yep. then you can't negotiate higher mm-hmm. i've 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 helped people get 15,000 in uh, dollars increase mm-hmm. you know why because you well and i think i told you this but yeah 
Let's not make this personal reason. Now. <laughs> <Go on. laughs> it ain't personal. Uh, because you don't want to take the first offer. And, there, and the reason why is because there's always room for negotiation. And mm. people didn't don't realize that. I learned that through recruitment and my own experience where you can actually... Well, again, of course, it depends, right? Like if you get an entry-level position as a developer and you get 85K, I would leave that be because that's a really good offer. Yeah. Other times it might be pretty low or, you know, you're just like, mm, I like 65, but I want to try to, you know, change or get to 70. Mm-hmm. The most important thing here uh, is to know what your number is. Like know mm-hmm. what your reach is, know what your minimum number is and figure out like the equal. And then, of course, too, it depends on the company too, right? Like the sizes. I'm kind of sure. going all over the place. Mm-hmm. But what I was saying is really know your number and let them tell you what their range is first before you tell them you can still negotiate even if you give them a number first but it's a little bit more difficult so the first time they might say what's your salary expectations what they're trying to really fill out is are you in our budget Mm. and what you could do and i think our good old friend faisal did this and i'm proud of him is he waited (laughs) he said what faisal was he was playing the game yeah he he knew what he was doing he's so good i said i you don't need my help you got it so uh you wait you say i would love to have a conversation about the salary but i want to wait until we're further in the interview process to see i'm in a good fit Mm -hmm. because what you're doing here is you're leveraging your ability to know like hey i'm interviewing you just as you're interviewing me yeah interviewing me excuse me Mm -hmm. so so there you go uh so in regards to salary, I always say know what your your minimum number is, know what your overreach and kind of like the medium. You don't always have to say the number in the beginning. There is always room for salary negotiations. And it maybe maybe it's taking a lower salary, but then having increasing the PTO that you have during the week mm. or, you know, asking for the health benefits page so that you can look that over with your your spouse your partner or your family and figure out okay if i'm willing to take a lower salary then what do i want to change or increase in my benefit so that i feel confident and feel really good about the package Mm. that i'm receiving Mm -hmm. you can do that okay okay you can change your benefits negotiate be a negotiator very good don't yeah Mm -hmm. yeah okay i like it and here's another thing too is that maybe they're like hey actually this is the only And this is really important too, I think, for people that are going to a different uh, job or position is to really know, like, is there room for growth? Mm. Is there an opportunity for you to increase your salary? Because no one wants to be stagnant, at least I hope not anyways. And so, and so you want to say, okay, if, if this is the maximum that I can get for now, Mm-hmm. Ask them straight up and say, hey, can we get something on the calendar? Or is there room for a conversation in the next six months to relook at my performance and how I'm doing in mm-hmm. my mm-hmm. position? And this probably all comes back to the lack of confidence thing. I mean, people lack confidence to get the job. They lack confidence to ask for more money to negotiate, right? Yeah, because because sometimes people feel like they don't deserve it. Mm-hmm. Or sometimes people feel like, which is so funny to me, Sean, because it's, you know... To me, in my head, it's like you're, I don't know how many hours uh, a year you put into a job, mm-hmm. but you're helping, at the end of the day, a company is a business. Right. And you're a great asset to them because you're, you're helping them t- turn the wheels for their business. So you're basically helping someone else build their dream of their business. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you're telling me that you do not want to ask for more because you think it might be too much or they might not give you the offer. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. I guess for me, it's just like, 
I think I think we need to put our foot on the ground or however mm-hmm. we say it. Mm-hmm. Is that how we say we it? We need to ask for more money. That's what you're telling exactly, us. Exactly, because, dude, that's a lot of hours to put in a company, mm-hmm. whether that's 40 to 60 hours. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I want to ask for more money. Like, you're going to take a lot of my time to do your work, mm-hmm. to build your company, your business. I like that attitude. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. Like, I'm dying here every day, mm-hmm. sister. I'm, di- I'm dying <laughs> here. I'm not on the plane to Korea. I'm sitting in your freaking cubicle. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, and this is and this is what I tell private clients, people that I, you know, or uh, companies that I contract out for too, uh, like boot camps. Is, is to say, look it. And then this is what I, I love about being a coach because it's very much like a soccer coach. It's like building belief in people that, yes, you deserve this. Yes, you can ask for more. And yes, you can, you know, be a badass and like in your position. You know I mean? Be a badass, get some more money. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And, I, I, and I think that's the least that you can do because they mm-hmm. are taking so much of your time, right. your precious life that you yeah. only get to live once. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's just yeah. how I see it. Well, no, no, it's great because I think a lot of people like myself included see ourselves as like, oh, am I worth that much money? But yeah, the point that you're making is basically, yeah, okay, yeah, you're doing things for this person, this other, this company, this person all the time. Exactly. Right? Where you and, could just be doing things for you, what you right. want to create and do yeah. in the world kind of thing. And like thing. sometimes I, f- I like forget as an employee, let's say, I forget that like... <sighs> how do I describe this? Like as employees of companies, I feel like me and all of the other people like me out there see ourselves as like, Oh, am, am I, is this company going to be able to provide for me what I need? Right. Or, you know, how can I make sure I at least get what I need from this company rather than thinking of it and saying, look at what I'm providing to the company. hundred percent. A hundred percent. Yeah, exactly. There's a reason why you, there's a reason why they're trying to get you hired mm-hmm. because there's something, there's a skill set, a characteristic of, of yours that they need in that position that they're trying to fill. Mm-hmm. You know, I've done sales. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're soaking. I have a lot of energy to give. Trust me, I do. Mm-hmm. And so they're using my energy, my name, my personality to sell their product and mm-hmm. their service. Mm-hmm. And you're telling me I can't ask for my money because you're using me to sell your stuff. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? 100%. Yeah. And I think, too, whether whether you did a boot camp, whether you did undergrad, whether you did your master's, it's like you put time, sweat, energy, uh, effort mm-hmm. to finish your degree. Of course you should ask for more money. You put in work, get your money. Get yep. your money, honey. Get your money. Get your money, honey. Get your money, everybody. <laughs> get your money. Uh, so that's my that's my two cents on, on money. And and another thing too about salary and salary negotiation is um, oh shoot, squirrel just happened. Like I was heard I was hearing the birds chirping and it's like No, I know. I brought you out here to see if you could handle the distractions. <laughs> you know me, my my ADC is like, Whoa, there's something yeah. it's mm-hmm. so pretty out here. But uh, no, my wonderful to know two people. Sorry to cut you off, but um, you can be very successful in this world with ADHD, right? <laughs> you very much can, and you also can be very successful being an introvert. Mm-hmm. Oh, and a, and a great dancer like I am. So and, yeah. yeah, exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. What was Not it? You were gonna it. make the last point, right? Or... <laughs> to Dang, be squirrel screwed up the whole thing. <laughs> Thanks, squirrel, for stopping by, neighbor. No, what was my last thing? I think my last thing was. Don't take the first offer mm-hmm. unless yeah. it's a really good. So do your research, figure out what, what, what's the average, you know, in your market. 
sometimes what I uh, tell people is look look at the price or the the salary range in the West Coast, the mid Midwest, and the East Coast. Average them out and mm-hmm. and, and see what you're comfortable with, but also to take into consideration of the company size. Mm-hmm. And then from there, when you get your offer, don't take the first offer unless you feel like, hey, this is actually pretty good. Mm-hmm. Then okay, like just. Whatever you feel comfortable with. Oh, and there's the AC off. I think maybe that was a sign. Huh. It's crazy. The freaking AC goes off and stops making noise. Finally, when we're done. Well, it's, yeah, it's 5.51. I guess we probably got to get going. So tell... I have Spanish class. Tell the... Yeah, that's right. right. Talkers. By the way, Riza, of course, has been to Medellin, Colombia. Um, si. Yes, mucho español. Clase de español a las seis, correcto? Si, correcto. Si. Mm-hmm. Muy bien. ¿Con quién? ¿Quién es el profesor? Mm, se llama Roja, Roja Español. Roja Español. Si, es... It's a boot camp, no? Yeah, <laughs> something like that. It's cool though because they have uh, teachers from all over the world. Okay. So Argentina, mm. Spain, Mexico, nice. and so what's nice is then I can get different accents. Yeah. Which I'm sure they're getting that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Get, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Get. To- I cannot believe we talked this long. We always talk. This is keep talking. Reason. I know. Maybe I should be talking. surprised. We could do another one. We could have like a four hour I'm one. I'm telling you. Like, let's go. We, let, we, like, I, I want to just have it like Joe Rogan style. Where I mean, if we could go to some place where smoking weed is legal outside, like, just <laughs> and smoke weed for like I four hours. <laughs> you know. <laughs> I mean, those I'm podcasts totally down, are great. About different things. We have different topics to discuss. We yeah. always dive in. Yeah, we did. Th- this was like the, this was actually like the most serious we probably could have made it. You know, oh, since 100%. we talked about getting a job and just tech. W- just wait for the second round, yeah. and you're going to be way more entertained. And then don't forget to go on YouTube and actually watch it because there's going to be facial expressions, movements, dancing. Mm-hmm. Yes, stuff. yes. I'll remember to dance better next time. Where do these uh, people who listened find you on? Um... Yeah. So for careers specifically in content, uh, you can go to my Instagram handle, my best career choice. Okay. There. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also have a LinkedIn. You can just lurk there, but uh, that's a that's a good place too. So if you have any questions around any type of things that we talked about, go ahead and drop me a message, and I'd be more than happy to answer them. Let's do it. All right. Thank you so much for listening, talkers. That was Riza Tante, the one and only. Anything <laughs> else? Or are we good? I think we're good, y'all. All right. We're good. Time to go chill with the squirrels. See you next time. See you, talkers. Thanks for listening, talkers. Remember that Keep Talking is the best platform for you to reach an advanced level of English fluency and connect with a global community. Remember to follow